Welcome back, critical thinkers. Always excited to spend time with my fellow awake humans. If you have comments about this episode, please leave them in my app. You can search my name in the app stores or go to my website, kidcarson.com, for all the links. I also host exclusive live streams in the app, so why don't you join me for a live show sometime? We want to give some love out to Entiana Jewelry. End of summer sale is on now for the next couple of weeks. We'll put the link in the description to Entiana Jewelry. And today we're hanging out with Bliss Prema, who's an expert in connecting you with your higher power. Let's uh, bring on Bliss right now. Hi, how are you? Very good. It's so nice to meet you. Activating teacher, soul synthesizing coach, devoted to advancing our levels of consciousness. This is all. I mean, I, li- I think we live in some kind of matrix. So this is right up my alley. I'm a sucker for a good woo-woo conversation. Fantastic. And that's actually what I had a feeling about. The name Bliss. That's how I know you're the real deal. Thank you. You know, it has been such a blessing my whole life. Um, I get asked very often if that's my birth name. And so um, just the story in itself is so beautiful. My mom was holding me in her arms for the first time and she wanted to call me Emma. And she heard a male voice in her head say bliss. And she kind of argued with it back and forth. And then she finally gave in and she, she named me bliss. And that name has been such a blessing to me every single day. What a beautiful gift. It just carries such a lovely frequency. And so it's kind of hard to be grumpy or in a bad mood and then tell somebody that my name is Bliss. So it's been a namesake. I was not expecting that because I do know uh, a lot of people who have elevated their consciousness to a certain level and then assign themselves a name that represents sort of their new new self. Their new frequency. Yeah, the new frequency. Yeah. I assume that that was your story, but wow, your name is actually Bliss. That is so cool. It really is. I mean, I have, I, I do have a spiritual last name. I went to an ashram in India back in 2007 to become a Hatha yoga teacher. And mm. there was this beautiful Shiva Rashtri ceremony where we fasted and danced and did mantras for 24 hours straight. It was, it was so beautiful. And wow. after that, um, the Swami would bring us into the temple and assign spiritual names, but I had let them know that I had all these inconsequential last names belonging to men that really hadn't really participated in my life. And I had asked if it was possible to get a spiritual last name. And so the mm-hmm. Swami gave me the last name Prema, which means unconditional love. So that one is, is my spiritual last name. And it's such a blessing as well. I got to say something totally off topic. This might seem weird, but the, the, the mirror, it looks like a mirror that's hanging on the wall behind you. Yes. The way it's framed in the photo with your head. Can you see it right now? If you hold still. Yes. It looks like you have horns. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I can't have this conversation about uh, consciousness. There we go. I'm like, the horns were too distracting. This is so much better. There yeah, we this go. Better. Yeah, right. Just, just, just a, a slight observation. I figured yeah. you wouldn't want that. You wouldn't want that. So this is great. So you reached out to me on, I think it was, I think you DM'd me mm-hmm. and you said, listen, I've, this is what my passion. And I was like, oh my God, this is like, I, I love these kind of conversations. And it's sometimes hard to find someone who can just jam about consciousness. Um, and it's funny because in my personal life, 
the idea of death has been really a big conversation. My, my, my grandfather, who I call Papa, just passed away. Um, and so just a couple of days ago, I was at his, um, his like funeral or celebration of life. And so you end up talking about the afterlife and spirituality and consciousness. And, you know, my youngest son who just turned five also asking what happens when you die. And um, so maybe we'll start with that. Like, what do you think consciousness is for people who are kind of new to this woo woo type of convo? Mm -hmm. Well, consciousness, basically, I think the easiest way to, to come into relationship with consciousness is just to understand it as awareness. And, 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 it, and I think the best place to start is awareness of self. And so um, the more that we become aware of ourselves, not just as a human having this existence, but all of the other possibilities. And you actually started this off by talking about the matrix. And mm. I am in complete uh, understanding and uh, with alongside a lot of the quantum physicists who believe that this is actually the most plausible explanation for our experience is that we are actually living in a hologram. And mm. so... Um, this is something that I've believed in since I was born, I think, since I was little. Like I, and, I, and I know there's so many of us that had the same experience of looking around and, and seeing what we saw, but not necessarily believing that it's the whole truth, that there just felt like there was something a little bit more. And then when you start doing um, some studying and some research and you go back to the ancient Vedas, um, they, from the beginning of time, have been saying that this is the illusion, this is the Maya. Mm -hmm. And so all of these ancient minds and thoughts and perspectives all are start starting to be collaborated and confirmed by, my, by modern day science. And so then... <clears throat> You know, you 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 mentioned that your your papa passed, and even um, even this concept of death. If this is a hologram, then we can start allowing, even if it's just as a thought experiment, allowing our thoughts to start going into places like, well, maybe it's only in this hologram where the concept of birth and death actually exist. Maybe on the other side, there is no such thing as death or birth, that it's just a constant. And so then what happens is, is we have um, a willingness to be uh, in this hologram, to enter into this hologram and to have all of these perspectives um, become our beliefs and our belief system. And I just think it's so um, beautiful that we are so scared of death and we celebrate birth and yet they're the two things that are the agreement to come into this experience. So mm. with consciousness, we just become aware of ourselves, um, our separation from source. We become aware of our growth. And, and with that, we start letting go of perhaps old structures, old beliefs that confine our awareness. And so then with consciousness and raising consciousness, we start to allow different perspectives in that help expand the consciousness. I love that term like thought experiment. Because sometimes uh, people, and I guess myself included in certain situations, it's like you don't even want to think about something because it feels like you're committing to it. And it's like, no, it's, it's okay. Like, 
it's okay just to talk about it. it doesn't mean you have to do it or believe it or take it on but it's fun to try on ideas and i try to visualize it like you're just trying on a, an idea like trying on a shirt like just try it on see how it feels you know mm-hmm. stretch around a little bit and you can always just take it off and put it back on the hanger but a thought experiment that's a cool way to frame it letting your see where your mind goes with thinking of a uh, with considering a new perspective on something absolutely and i think when we start even if it's just as a thought experiment experiment in the first place if we start to look at our reality as if it is the most beautiful version of virtual reality right so um like this is so so my jam so i'm so excited that we get to chat about this i'm with you i'm right there with you sweet thank you so if you look at virtual reality today now we're just coming out with headsets that are um, wireless right and so even just last year if you wanted to do virtual reality you were you had to have that big wire so it felt very um, limited in in your movement well they they say that in about 50 years the technology will be so accurate that we actually won't be able to recognize when we're out of virtual reality because virtual reality will seem so real to us so that's only in 50 years so i just look at our now And I go, wow, okay, well, this, our skin and bones is actually our best virtual reality um, suit that they've come up with. We have all of the senses at our disposal and it's pristine. And then if you look at, uh, you look at nature, you look at what we have, we have literally the best version of virtual reality already. So what we're doing then is we're humans that are imitating art by trying to create virtual reality. So then, and then I start to go, okay, well, if we are life imitating art, imitating life, then what's beyond this virtual reality experience? Maybe we already did. Maybe this really is, maybe we are living in the virtual reality. And I mean, a lot of great thought leaders over time, I've read that famous quote, remember who you are. And maybe that's something that they're referencing. Like, remember that you are actually in this avatar. It's funny, I always make the joke that eventually my kids who are not on the goggles yet, because um, they're, they're way too young for that type of thing. But down the road, when that becomes the norm and they're running around the metaverse, eventually one of their friends is gonna like take off the goggles and look around in real life and be like, oh my God, guys, oh my God, this is the craziest virtual reality you've ever seen. You know. It's- <laughs> so real (laughs) well and so what i love to do on a daily basis then is is to go okay and and you're totally touching in on everything that i love to teach and love to talk about and that is okay so then if this is a virtual reality the best that we've got this is a hologram and i've consciously chosen and i mean billions of us have to be in this particular version or game whatever it's called why would I come here? What was my purpose in coming here? Did I come to uh, learn lots of lessons? Did I come to just have fun and experience and pleasure? And, or did I come to like, you know, get some super like pain and suffering and, and really master some lessons? What was the purpose for actually coming here? And then what starts to happen is, is there's a real shift in accountability that happens. And, and so then we start going, okay, well, if I chose this, why would I choose to come here? And then all of a sudden, I feel that that, that human that can get kind of stuck on autopilot starts to awaken just a little bit and starts to look around at their reality with that 
that flare of accountability and to start looking at things just in a whole new way of, well, why would I choose to be here? What was my purpose for being here? And why would I create the reality that I've created? What was I hoping to get out of it? Mm, the whole life is happening for me instead of against me. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 yeah it's amazing how much control you feel over your life when you realize that you're like completely, utterly responsible for it. It's actually because people think, well, that's taking the blame off someone else. And then, you know, it's, it's like, no, you're giving yourself all the power to change it, which is cool. Yeah, thank you. And that's one of the things that I would say that I'm an advocate for is, is uh, helping people realize and remember that each and every one of us has the creator power within us and, and then to activate that and then to live accordingly to that by creating with purpose, like profound so purpose. So do you think um, uh, that we actually were somewhere and then made a decision like, okay, I want to play this game. I choose to be in a wheelchair or I choose to have whatever I, I want to lose. I want to learn about humility or whatever it is. Do you, do you actually think that that's how it goes down? I really do believe that everything is pre-written. Like we actually almost are the software engineers of our own destiny. And so we, we collaborate with our soul tribe on the other side and create what we're going to experience and again our concept of time because when we're in here feels like it's this massively expanded experience you know from birth to you know for lucky 100 years but that on the other side that that could actually just go in a day or something like that that the experience of time Ooh. is even different right so i start to question everything like my perspective on time my perspective on life and death my perspective on uh, daily tasks and missions, everything starts to shift, even if it is a thought experiment, right? Oh my God, I love that. Oh, have you um, dabbled in, we, I, mean, I mean, maybe I'm skipping too far ahead here, it's psychedelics where you've experienced sort of like the, another dimension outside of the 3D? I have, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of microdosing. I think that it's an amazing gift for humans to be able to have um, the right and left hemispheres of the brain bridge in all new ways. Um, I've definitely had my experiences with psychedelics, but um, to be honest, the experiences that I've had um, far go beyond psychedelics. Um, I started to get um, what I call activations back in 2016. And, you know, to, most likely it probably got prompted with a little bit of help on the dance floor, but just definitely opening up some, some bridges, some channels and allowing different energies, um, frequencies to be able to, to tap into that, to know that there is more than just our human experience. Um, but then things definitely have uh, accelerated for me beyond the psychedelics. And I think that that's important for people to know as well, too. So you would be like on the dance floor, tearing it up, and then suddenly, like some kind of download or shift is happening. And you're like, Oh, my God, there's more than what we, we think is happening. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's, that's awesome. a beautiful first that's awesome. step. Yeah, I think that that's a beautiful first step. And especially um, for people as they are 
starting to recognize their own consciousness and to be able to step into that new level of awareness. Um, but yeah, I think definitely on the dance floor. And I mean, still to this day, um, on the dance floor in that movement is where I can start pulling down the threads um, that can help me with, with what I do. What is it? Is it getting in a certain mind state? Is it the, the movement of the body? Is it letting go? uh yeah. shaking free of the the constraints that we feel what is it yeah. about the dance floor that helps yeah i mean even just the word mindset right so we have a particular mindset that we're used to working with on a daily basis and so just the word mindset like i visualize the mind with the fingers interlaced and they're crossed and then sometimes with the psychedelics especially when it's not overdone and it's done with intention and it's done with invitation what can happen, um, and especially with consciousness, is those fingers can just raise up and open up. And then all of a sudden, there's a receptivity that happens. So rather than it being a closed mindset, all of a sudden, we, we have this open mind space. And as soon as we're saying yes to mind space, what happens is the space becomes vast and unlimited. And so then our receptivity to whatever information needs to come into us, we're actually in a more surrendered space. So when I'm on the dance floor, I'm not worrying about what anybody thinks of me or what my moves look like. I'm letting it all go. And I'm just getting into that internal space of not caring about anything, but just really getting in and connecting into what I call source. So maybe people uh, connect to the word God or the word universe, um, whatever it is for each individual person. But yeah, there's a beauty that happens in dance, in music, and in letting go of the, the caring. I think that we connect to ourselves. Like I just kind of visualize like the, the, the spiritual us. Yeah. So you can no. say higher self. Higher self. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. higher yeah. self. And if you end up, if you learn how to connect to your higher self, they can sort of, let's say, you know, visually they're up there 50,000 feet up hovering around, you know, I know that's not how it works, but for visualization purposes, mm -hmm. and like they have like a 360 view of what's happening all around you in front of you, behind you, and then they can, as you connect to your higher self, you can sort of get this wisdom of mm -hmm. uh, things that you can't see down yeah, here in the so let's just yeah so rather than making it be something that's kind of airy fairy let's just let's just bring it into this right mm -hmm. so right now you are the higher self version of your past self say from 10 years ago right so mm -hmm. if that's that's tangible because you are the the wiser version of yourself than you ever could have been 10 years ago because you've had that life experience so then if you want to just fast forward 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, that is your higher self, the one who knows you intimately, who knows every reason why you've ever made the choices that you've made. Um, so that it doesn't have to be something that's like external. It can still be us, but just in the future. And so when there's a concept that time's not linear, right? So humans have designed time so that we could have a sense of stability. We created hours, we created days, we created the months just so that we could get a sense of continuity. But really it's just the same day being repeated every single day with a little change in seasons, 
right? Um, our hair grows, our fingernails grow. Um, but other than that, <clears throat> we are the same experience day in, day out. And then we have this, this aging that happens. But time is not linear. So what we think is the present moment is actually simultaneously my our future and our past is all happening at the same time. So when we tap into that higher self, we're just tapping into the version of ourself that is already the wiser, more intelligent version of self because it already has more time and experience mm. in life. So yeah, so when we wanna tap into that higher self, it's, it's just us in the future as a concept, as a thought. Yeah, yeah no, I Sometimes it takes a minute to wrap your mind around it, because <laughs> it's yeah. so like, which is why it. these conversations are so fun. Do you like meditate to your higher self? How do you how do you do that in a, in a practice? Yeah, so um, I started tapping into my higher self through my dream world back in my twenties. Um, I started having dreams that were really big, like as in they were beyond, like they they were so lucid that I couldn't distinguish them between reality and my dream world. They felt so real. And then fast forward two and a half years, fast forward three years, I actually had the literal experience. And while it was happening, having that sense of, oh my God, oh my God, this is actually happening. It is exactly what happened in the dream. And so that was my first sort of sense of like, okay, how could I possibly have a dream that happened then two and a half years in the future. Think of how many decisions I had to make in order to be in that exact same place. Like, I mean, it just gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Um, so that's kind of what started my, my brain working in a different way back in my 20s. I wanna know more about that. Is it highly personal or can you tell us Oh, I'd love. Yeah. So the first, yeah. So they, they were actually sequential, which was funny. So the first one was um, me and my best friend were uh, on a, a, a wooden platform and there was just mud everywhere. And there were so many people. It was a festival. People were dancing so happy. And all of a sudden this golden dragon appeared. And, and so like, after I woke up, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get a golden dragon tattoo. Like this was so profound. And I'm looking at the symbolism of the dragon. Well, then fast forward two and a half years, and I, I go to uh, Shambhala Music Festival with my best friend. There's a massive rainstorm. We're on this wooden platform that they've put on top of all the mud so that people don't slip. And there had been a project that had been happening um, in the middle of the the festival that I didn't participate in. And what they had done was crafted a golden dragon. And so they all had poles and there was like 30 of them and they walked the guard, the golden dragon through the field. So there I am going, oh my God, here it is, this dream, like to the T. That same festival afterwards, we went to a lake and I had a nap and in the nap, I dreamt that I was holding this child and I felt so deeply connected to this child. And we were looking at the most beautiful flowers in this garden. And all of a sudden there was a ladybug and it was the first ladybug of the season and my and this baby's first ladybug. So I tried to recreate that scene with other people's children a few times, realizing that that wasn't the same. And then all of a sudden, it's my daughter's first birthday. We're renting this beautiful house. 
The gardens are magnificent. And there I am holding my child in the garden, looking at all the flowers. And then there's the ladybug on the plant. And I realize, oh my God, here it is. We're, this is it. It's happening. Wow. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, very close friend of mine, who describes a couple of similar types of things having happened to him. Um, and one was he was, I don't know, 19 or 20, and he's sitting on the side of a street and has some kind of like vision of an elderly couple walking around the corner holding hands and like a very obvious, you know, red bus going by. Like a couple of things happen. But then like two minutes later, it actually happened. The old people came around with a distinctive, you know, shoes on holding hands in the red bus. And, and he said it was just so, it, 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 it um, shifted his whole worldview. His reality sort of broke. He's like, oh my God, there is something like that was not, that was. It's surreal. It's yeah. surreal. Maybe that's the word, surreal. It is surreal. And so the thing is, is I love these because for me, these are all just such beautiful examples that what we're experiencing is beyond just a fluke. We're not just here, humans living out our existence with no purpose. And it also starts to show me that this reality, this hologram is quite malleable. So there, there are, there, there's a framework 100%, but that framework seems to be malleable. It seems to be able to shift. And so when more and more of us become aware of our consciousness and start working with it in, in, in actually like uh, people like to say a bliss disciplined way where it's disciplined, but nice. it's filled with joy, right? Where we can actually start doing the work on ourselves so that we don't have to go through the pain and suffering anymore, that we're really here to have a really good time. And, and that there just needs to be more people that are saying yes to expanding their consciousness and and let's like this could be like the most incredible life experience if we all kind of said yes to doing the work and and getting creative like getting super creative with our abilities and and even what you've done recently to me is an ex like an excellent example of uh, of a massive uh pivot and, and, and that's exactly what I'm talking about, like um, elevating from mainstream and really stepping into what lights your soul up, what makes you so passionate when you wake up in the morning and you're like a, a yes, just like a full yes to what it is that you're doing. To me, that's such beautiful uh, leadership and role modeling of, of what is possible. Awesome. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I sometimes think about life as like a video game. Oh, it and is. The way, it is. Know, just, the way you just described it was saying like there's a framework, but it's malleable. And like that's sort of like a video game. Like, you know, you've got to go through level one, two, three, four, five, and you're on a loose mission to get to the thing. But every time you play, there's a different route you take or you jump a different way, but you still sort of are on the same mission. There's just different ways to get there. And I like what you're saying is that there's a way to get there with it being less painful. Yeah. So um, one of the things that happened for me back um, right when the Mayan calendar was ending back in 2011, 2012, I started getting these um, incredible messages. So previous to that, I had learned the Indian head massage, traveled to Guatemala, 
gone to India, confirmed the moves, came back to Vancouver and was offering the Indian head massage, which was a whole new modality uh, for the West Coast of Canada. And so it got picked up like mad, all, all uh, newspapers, magazines, uh, CBC television, anybody uh, flying across Canada saw me giving an Indian head massage. I was booked in advance months and months. And then I, I come to Victoria and the message I keep getting is uh, walk away from it all and go to Hawaii. And so I was like, wow, this is like, so my reputation, it's my identification, like this is my, my career, it's my passion. And I obeyed and we rented out the, uh, the condo that we just bought and we went and we lived on the beaches in, in Hawaii. And I kept waiting for the reason for this to happen and three months passed and nothing happened. And then we went to Maine Island and just one night out of nowhere, um, I felt like I was getting hit by lightning. Um, I went into the bathroom, I was dry heaving. Next thing I know, I'm in shock on the bathroom floor. Um, but what started to happen the next day was that same kind of thing. I started to get visions. I started seeing words in really big letters and I started getting woken up at two o'clock in the morning to write. And, and it wasn't me writing, like it was literally coming through me. And, and so um, after a week I had uh, this full manual and uh, recognized that it was the shape of an octagon and that there was eight steps to this. And so I came to Victoria, we settled down and it took me two hours um, but uh, the, the name of the system came through and it's called Conscious Evolver. And, and this was a full system that got sent through me. Um, and it basically step-by-step step teaches us how to take any aspect of our life and just work it through these eight steps and bring it into the higher purpose. So that's actually a system that I've integrated into my own life and and it all started with that same thing of just having that receptivity and, and willingness to download. And um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. Okay. I want to get into the system because that's, that's your new thing. I hadn't heard of the Indian head massage. Yeah. So I want to look into that. Is, are other people doing that or is that like. I teach it. Yeah. I still teach it. Okay. I've taught it to hundreds and hundreds. I've given over 2000 massages all over the world. It's been a really beautiful experience for sure. Um, wow. Now um, I only give it to very like special people kind of retired from giving it. Um, mm. And I love teaching it because then um, it's interesting because it's an ancient uh, art form from India. And they literally uh, would teach it to the children and the children would give it to the elders. And so it was a really beautiful um, cycle of, of, of massage and, and reciprocity within the family. And as it started to die out in India, it started to um, surface in, in Canada. And so mm -hmm. I love teaching it and, and having that be sent out. Um, it is such a beautiful uh, healing art form. Uh, it massages the back all the way down to the arms, the fingertips, the neck, but then it works on, on the top of the head, which is the crown chakra. Um, so it's opening up the heart chakra, the throat chakra, the third eye chakra, and the crown chakra. So you basically feel like you go to heaven for one hour. And wow. uh, yeah, you come back and all the colors are more vivid. 
like the reality that you see has a new a new version it's alive and awake wow that sounds amazing yeah um so i can imagine that you are you're doing this you're you're probably on some level going oh I, thank god i found my thing like this is yeah. great i'm making a living people are lined up around the block to see me and this is so to have a moment where <laughs> you're being told to give that up mm -hmm. and then you move somewhere mm -hmm. and then you're sitting there after the move waiting for okay why am i here oh my god i don't know what the i mean to have that sort of courage or what word do you what word do you use to describe that process because a lot of us don't have it i'm trying to put a label on it implicit trust implicit trust mm -hmm. how do you get to that point of having such implicit trust well i i think i mean as we touched in having those dreams right where the the lucid dreams and all the decisions that had to be made like millions of decisions that had to be made to get me to that point um receiving that activation back in 2012 and and though it was it was intense for me physically it didn't harm me it actually gifted me something that i've now carried through with me for the last decade and built my whole career based on this stewarded this system um i i again because i believe that this is a virtual reality experience that I take radical accountability for no one else has designed it except for me, by me, for me. And obviously I have my best interests at heart. I want myself to succeed. And, and so if this is, this is why I, I'm, I'm such an advocate of always taking those fingers that want to point out and, and just really bringing it back into the self and, and just trusting implicitly that only benevolent forces are, are working with me to help me to, to help uh, grow my consciousness, to help expand me, to help return me back into love in all ways, right? And, and with implicit trust, once you start tapping into it, then you start to, to see the benefits of actually trusting. When you have an activation, what does that feel like? You described feeling like you were, felt like you were hit by lightning, getting hammered like, by lightning yeah hammered by lightning so by lightning. is that typical or like had that mm. happened to you before or like why yeah. are you not calling 911 at that point or are you like yeah. no this is a spiritual yeah. thing can you walk us through this activation yeah so um it was really really profound actually how it all happened um I uh, got woken up on the morning of September 21st, which is uh, the fall equinox. And mm. I had had this beautiful dream about these fairies and they were tickling my eyes. And um, when I woke up, I actually had my own hands hovering above my head in, in this mudra. Um, and so I just got like, I don't hear voices. I mean, very rarely, um, it's just more like sensations. And I just knew I had to get outside and be filmed. And there was um, this activational mantra that I was shown and then demonstrating. Um, and I did it as a live feed on Facebook. Yeah, sorry, you, you open your eyes from sleeping and your yeah. hands are, are, are floating above your head. Hold, you're holding your own hands. Yeah. And a mudra for people who are, who are not um, watching this. Amudra just briefly is, can you, well, can you describe it? It's, you have your fingers in a certain shape. And what does that do? 
Yeah, so um, it, it's it's basically, yeah, I guess a, sh a, a shape would be a great way to describe it. Um, and it just helps us to focus our intention. Um, and then if you, if you repeat a mantra, um, then uh, what happens is, is it actually can instill a new way of being into the neural passages. So the repetition of mantra is actually what's most important. So really when we bring our hands into any type of symbol uh, is also, it just helps us lock in the intention of whatever the mantra is. So in this case, the spiritual, the spiritual gang signs. Yeah, spiritual signs, right? And and of course they date back. They're they're they they belong to ancient uh, India as well. Um, and so it was. I activate, transmutate, and create. I activate, transmutate, and create. Just going up through the chakras. And um, so I started to practice that in the morning and the after, and when I woke up, and then when I went to bed, and it just so happened uh, that that weekend I went to uh, a ranch in Big Bar. Um, Friday night, I started to feel something happening, and I didn't know what was going on. And of course, there was that, okay, is something like, am I getting sick or is this spiritual? Um, but I was told to look at the clock and it was 1222. Um, the next day I felt like I couldn't eat any food I needed to fast, which was really interesting because it was all about the meals and how amazing the meals were. Um, and uh, again, that night, as soon as the sun started to set, um, I started to get into the dry heaving again. And um, again, at 12.22, I looked at the clock and um, I grabbed someone who's known to be a healer in my community. And we went down to a secluded part of the ranch. And um, yeah, for four hours, we called an ambulance, but it was a four hour drive for it to get to us. And oh, wow. so for those four hours, um, it was, it, I, and then the only way that I can describe it is, is to get hammered by a lightning. Um, and yet it's, it's so beautiful in those moments, all I could do was breathe really just to focus on each inhale and each exhale. Um, but to know that like analogy, it's like being at the top of the mountain cliff with the toes right at the edge and just knowing that I'm not going to fall over and I'm not going to fall back. And I just need to stay in that resiliency, stay in that courage, stay in that implicit trust. And um, so that process happened um, many, many times uh, over the next few months. This whole lightning thing? Yeah. yeah. Happened several yeah. times? Oh, oh many God. times. Yeah, many times. And in, in that process, maybe I'm jumping ahead here. You, you feel like you're like, when you say download, is that the same thing as an activation? Like you're down, you feel like you're getting some sort of um, information downloaded into your mind. Yeah. So a download is when there, there's that openness, that receptivity um, for the information to come through. And so there's an emptiness that needs to happen with that. Um, and, and so in what these were, were actually activations. So what, what now in retrospect, what was happening was, um, there was just space being made in my consciousness, in my brain, in my physical vessel. And um, it was for a consciousness from another space and time to come and join. And um, so that was actually the process uh, over those few months. A conscious, some consciousness was coming from another dimension, basically. Yeah. Uh, into your 
physical vessel. Holy yeah. moly. Yeah. Where it did was, it come from? It was really intense. You know, I've never been given that information. Um, I have my own theories. I feel like it may have been me from the future. Um, you know, I'm only 48, so I'm only halfway through my life. So who knows what's going to happen in the next half, right? Um, to the point where maybe we have figured out how to travel back in time. Uh, it could be from a different dimension from um, benevolent beings that are here to assist us in expanding our consciousness. Um, but it was visceral. Um, it was a consciousness that was too big for this physical vessel. I literally, uh, with consent, could offer uh, activations to anyone, whether it was through a hug or through distance. Um, I actually did a bunch of Facebook feeds with uh, um, you know, hundreds of people on it and just sent the energy out that way. Um, and what it was doing was it was uplifting people's consciousness. And um, so it was a pretty powerful. Oh my God. Um, so you do, yeah. you do uh, activations on demand. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not saying I want yeah. you to do anything because I'm, I'm still nervous. But yeah. if I wanted you to give me an activation right now, you could send some sort of. Uh... Yeah, I, I mean, I, it's, it's kind of already happening energetically. Like, I don't know if you can feel there's just like a heightened kind of frequency that's happening. Um, do you feel that? Well, no, yeah. But I thought yeah, it was just, yeah. me, just me getting like excited about mm -hmm. this woo-woo. What was beautiful about um, going to Hawaii and having to give up the Indian head massage was it was actually teaching me the steps of the conscious evolver in real time. So once again, um, when I look at our reality as virtual reality, I can see how all my lessons are implemented into my life as an augmentation. So it, my reality is augmented with the training, with the lessons and with the way that I need to learn. So before we left, we had bought this condo and it was high, high stress. Uh, we had a one and a half year old running around. There was two men, one worked graveyard shifts living underneath us. The voltage was high. Um, they needed quiet. I couldn't provide quiet, poor insulation in between the floors. Drop a dime sounds like a bomb going off. So that's the first step. It's called cupful. So cupful is known, you know, when you're in cupful, when you're high stress, you're not happy, um, you're stuck inside your head, you're pushed past your limits, um, you're not feeling um happy about your life. And, and so I would actually, if you want, maybe go back to a moment in your life. And, and I would even say your biggest uh, shift, your biggest pivot lately, and just check in with the steps as I'm doing this. So going back to a moment in time where you're just sort of feeling overwhelmed, you're not passionate about what you're doing. Um, so those are all messengers. They're all indicators that there is an area or an aspect of your life that is looking to be evolved. So then the next step after that is called decompression. So that was me being in the apartment, getting super stressed, and then us just taking that moment and going to Hawaii and having that big exhale. So that's a big example. It could be um, taking a break, going outside, taking a day off, 
There's also forced decompression. And that's when, if you're not listening to the cup full messengers that are saying, hey, you need to pivot, you need to take a break, you need to exhale, you need to slow down. You can be forced to do it. So you can get sick, you can get fired, you can break a leg, sprain your ankle. It forces you to just decompress. Then when you're in that decompressed state, a lot of people just head back over to cupful and just keep doing what they were doing, which is where pain and suffering gets caused, caused over and over again. But as a conscious evolver, what we want to do is we want to start to deconstruct. And that's when we start to peel away the layers. We take away the he said, she said stories. And we just, for me, that was taking away the whole identity being like, you know, semi-famous and all of that stuff, and then just getting into the fourth level, which is emptiness and void. And in emptiness and void, we're literally just sitting in a state of emptiness. So a lot of people can mistake this if they stay there too long without knowing what it is, and it can turn into depression and it can be negative. Or they can try to bypass it and avoid it by listening to super spiritual podcasts and, and wanting to just stay positive, but in emptiness and void, we just want to sit in what's called neutrality. Is that where you were when you were waiting for this? Uh, Lightning bolt. Right. Okay. I actually have it written in my journal. I keep waiting for the big lightning bolt and it's not coming, but it's when we're able to sit in emptiness and void in that really beautiful, graceful way that we become open and receptive. And I think this is what you were touching on at the beginning of this with the psychedelics, um, with that dancing and movement is just that ability to have that receptivity because the fifth level, what happens every time is called divine inspiration. And divine inspiration is the answer to how to get to that next level. And, and the beauty of this system is that it's all about you. It comes from you. It's designed by you. And, and you'll know it when you hear it or it comes to you because it feels really big for you. And then we take it into the sixth level, which is reconstruction and planning. And that's, so for me, the divine inspiration was pretty intense when I received the system. Then the next level was brainstorming how, what do I do with this? What do I call it? Conscious evolver. And then the seventh step is to literally take all of that information, what you deconstructed in that third level, you're now reconstructing and you're planning and you're getting all this um, brainstorming. And this is not the time to question why or how am I going to do this? You're just receiving. And then we bring it into action. And that's, that's when you're actually, you've thought it out, you've reconstructed this new way. And then the eighth level is higher purpose. And that's when you get to be in victory, you get to be enjoying, you can actually look back using hindsight, using retrospect to that version of you that was in such stress. And it totally feels like a different version of you. And that's mm. because you have accelerated your consciousness you have consciously evolved to your next as you said level right and then you mm. get to experience life at that level knowing that you've thoroughly done the work mm. oh my god and i got uh, and i got the entire workbook like <laughs> downloaded how long did it take you to sit you're just sitting there and it's coming through you and you're writing it down and 
I literally got woken up at two o'clock every single morning and um, just just power writing. Uh, and and then when it was done, I would just go back to bed. And then the next night, the next part, just, yeah. I mean, it was pretty, ma pretty magical, pretty. But again, it's just to me, another beautiful example of the framework, having that malleability. Is that even a word? Being malleable. And so you were, you were woken up at mm -hmm. night. Out of deep sleep. Oh. And by this point, my daughter was maybe two and a half. So she was still breastfeeding. Like it wasn't like, I, I mean, I could have kept sleeping. But every night for eight nights. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 a similar experience, not like that, but in, in I worked with a, like a, a coach uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, and part of it was um, we ended up becoming very, very close friends. And he ended up teaching me some of the stuff that he did in his life. And it was more spiritual. And he was like, listen, you ought to, when you go to sleep, meditate or connect to your, your higher self and ask or, you know, for connection, for guidance, for answers, you know, whatever the process was, but it directly intentionally ask. Mm -hmm. And uh, for, I think it was intentionally asked to be, you know, shown answers through dreams. Mm -hmm. And that's the first time I ever had a lucid dream. Oh, nice. And uh, funny side note, I was in my lucid dream. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like thinking something doesn't look right. Something doesn't look right. And it was like real, like it was so vivid, it was lucid, it was real. And then I realized that in the dream, I had a full head of hair. <gasps> wow. And I shaved my head. And so when I realized that I had a full head of hair and I realized that, wait a second, I don't have hair. That's when I realized I was in a lucid dream and it was like that Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Yes, Inception. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I had this craziest moment and then it just kind of all fell apart. And then I woke up and I was like, oh my God, that was so weird. But um, one of the things that he told me was that, listen, when you are woken up from the dream, you know, have a notepad and paper with you and start writing and get up and just take that time to write out as much detail as you can about, about the dream. And when you do that, the writing down part of it was so important because it's almost like you're giving now respect to your higher self that you appreciate the message being given to you and then more will come and and just even the dream work i think is so important i've studied my dreams uh, all through my 20s um yeah connecting because it's 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 again it's connecting into a realm that is less we, we become so familiar with our daytime reality right that that there's that ability to just slip into autopilot and and we just think that that's just the way that's the way that it is we wake up we eat we go to our job we come home we eat we watch tv we go to bed we repeat 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 right whereas then if you start kind of tapping into your dream it's good to have a journal right beside you i've got um an amazing uh symbology symbol uh dream book and then start hearing the messages that are actually coming through for you in your dream time. Uh, the book I use is by Betty Bethards. Uh, she is amazing. It's an amazing dream book. Um, I've, it's my dream Bible. I've used it for 20 years now. But yeah, definitely, if you want to start tapping into your consciousness, going into your dreams is a really great segue. It's a really good start. Wow. So cool. I, I, I keep thinking about the, um, the phrase you used a few minutes ago, um, radical accountability. Mm -hmm. 
I love that. I love that. I just wanted to bring that up again. It's such a great yeah. way to, because all of this, everything you're describing takes that. It takes radical accountability because these are, we can't just sit back and wait for things to happen to us. Mm -hmm. We have to make them happen in a way, make them mm -hmm. happen in a way where just in sometimes just being open to something, you got to make yourself be open to receiving, you know, the lightning bolts. I am, I'm really like, I love that, that hit home for you. So after I started receiving all of those activations in 2016, I woke up in 2017 and I had received another download. Um, and this one was called the initiate circle and it was a three month program. And so I, it was really powerful how it happened. I was, I started writing it out at 222, uh, finished writing it out at 333 in the afternoon. Um, I was at a coffee shop. You yeah. look at the clock and it happens to be that time. Yeah, it just happened. Okay. So I start to write, it's 222, finish wow. it's 333. I hear somebody say a name. I look up It's someone I know. I go, oh my God. And she comes over, we hug. I show her what I'm looking uh, what I'm working on and she signs up. Wow. All by 334. Like I had my first wow. participant in, in this uh, three month program. So then the process was dancing and, and starting to receive all the pieces. And so for this three month program, which is a consciousness acceleration program. So the, the, the trajectory of your consciousness is, is quite high and fast over those three months. Um, but we were given tenets. And so there's four tenets and one directive. And the first tenet is radical accountability. And so it's beautiful that you touched in on that. And so with these tenets over the three months, we basically, with consent, we all modify our behavior and, and we work with these tenets and they're all so profoundly beautiful. And I always find it so interesting. And this is what I wanted to share with you. I just find it so profoundly beautiful that whatever, however, whoever is creating this stuff so whether it's me in the future or a team of us in a different dimension they're using me to download and 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 bring these ideas and these concepts and these structures into this reality which i'm then sharing out and and i because they have been so accurate um there there's there's nothing i've needed to go in and tweak um, they are, they are accurate, they're efficient, and they work when they're sent to me. So I can just imagine the time and energy that's going into creating them on that other side, that, that they finally give me the finished product. And I find it so beautiful that it's so simple, um, but that it includes things like honesty, accountability, and consent. Like, in the future or in this other dimension, the only things that mattered that would really make a difference were these things. And I just mm. find that so beautiful and so fascinating. Like it wasn't, it wasn't anything else, but these four tenets and the directive. Mm. Yes. Right? Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So accountability is, um, I mean, one of the things, if, if there's a takeaway for anyone, um, if I could impart the two things, it would be the implicit trust 
uh, and the accountability. And when we really start taking accountability for everything that's happened in our life, uh, things can start to radically shift and change for us. Because when we believe and trust that they are for our highest good, it doesn't matter what we've experienced. We start to recognize that even though it may have been hard, even though it may have been challenging, that it was designed to help us get to the next level. You know, experience that we've all gone through. Um, I think one of the most beautiful um, results of it, one of the most beautiful consequences of it was the amount of people that awakened to their own sense of self, awakened to their own um, connection with their body. Um, it awakened um, a desire for freedom and to, um, to, to do what we want to do, to use our voices, to make a stand, um, mass awakening. So that's why I have implicit trust. For, for all the war that it created, I also saw the mass awakening that it created. And mm. I see a lot of very empowered people now walking around that uh, were perhaps uh, on autopilot before that. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. oh, bliss, this has been so fun, just chatting and jamming about consciousness. Is there anything else that uh, you want to share with the audience? Any just uh, thought starters or words of wisdom as we wrap up? Yeah, I mean, I, I really do encourage people to, as a thought experiment, if they haven't considered it, just to take moments in their day and to say, okay, if this is a virtual reality, why would I be creating such and such? Or why would I be creating blank? And, and really to start taking accountability for it because what happens is it shifts us out of victim consciousness um, when we start to take accountability. And the thing about victim consciousness is it's really sticky. And so there's, there's a real love that goes to the version of us that experiences the challenge. So we always wanna send love to that version of ourselves. And then we just want to rise up out of that stickiness known as 3D, right? Um, and, and when we can just start taking accountability um, and just really questioning, why would I create this for myself? If this is a virtual, virtual reality experience, why would I create such and such? And, and, and really start to try to find the gift in it. Because when we can find the gift in it, that's when we're tapping into our higher self and, and really creating more beauty. And, and at the end of the day, that is the directive, is to create beauty. And I, I really think that there is so much opportunity for us to have a really beautiful experience while we're here. And um, yeah, so thank you for that. And I'm really grateful to have been here and to spend this time with you. This was fun. Hopefully we can do it again sometime. Anytime. Whenever, I'm always down for a good woo-woo chat. <laughs> I love it, it's my jam. <laughs> Bliss, thank you so much. Oh my goodness, thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. If you have a question or comment about this episode, leave it inside the app. Go to the App Store, Kid Carson, or contact me through kidcarson.com.